Act Five of The Drummer, or The Haunted House, by Joseph Addison. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Five. Enter Sir George in his conjurer's habit, the butler marching before him with two large candles, and the two servants coming after him, one bringing a little table, and another a chair and it please your worship mr conjurer the steward has given all of us orders to do whatsoever you shall bid us and uh, to pay you the same respect as if you were our master thou sayest well and please your conjurership's worship shall i set the table there here here peter gardener aside peter he knows my name by his learning i have brought you reverend sir the largest elbow chair in the house tis that the steward sits in when he holds a court place it there sir uh, will you please to want anything else paper and a pen and ink sir i believe we have paper that is fit for your purpose my lady's morning paper that is blacked at the edges would you choose to write with a crow quill uh, there is none better coachman go fetch the paper and standish out of the little parlour coachman to gardener peter prithee do thou go along with me i'm afraid you know i went with you last night into the garden when the cookmaid wanted a handful of parsley why you don't think i'll stay with the conjurer by myself come we'll all three go and fetch the pen and ink together exeunt servants sir george solace there's nothing i see makes such strong alliances as fear these fellows are all entered into a confederacy against the ghost there must be abundance of business done in the family at this rate but here comes the triple alliance who could have thought that these three rogues could have found each of them in an employment in fetching a pen and ink enter gardener with a sheet of paper coachman with a standish and butler with a pen sir there is your paper sir there is your standish sir there is your crow quill pen aside i'm glad i have got rid on it gardener aside he forgets that he's to make a circle doctor shall i help you to a bit of chalk it is no matter look ye sir uh, i'll show you the spot where he's heard oftenest if your worship can but ferret him out of that old wall in the next room uh, we shall try that's right john his worship must let fly all his learning at that old wall sir if i was worthy to advise you i would have a bottle of good october by me shall i set a cup of old stingo at your elbow i thank thee we shall do without it john he seems a very good-natured man for a conjurer i'll take this opportunity of acquiring after a bit of plate i have lost i fancy while he is in my lady's pay one might hedge in a question or two into the bargain sir sir may i beg a word in your ear what wouldst thou sir i know i need not tell you that i lost one of my silver spoons last week marked with a swan's neck butler aside 
my lady's crest he knows everything how would your worship advise me to recover it again hmm. what must i do to come at it drink nothing but small beer for a fortnight small beer rotgut if thou drinkest a single drop of ale before fifteen days are expired it is as much as thy spoon is worth butler aside <laughs> i shall never recover it that way i'll even buy a new one do ye mind how they whisper i'll be hanged if he's not asking him something about nell i'll take this opportunity of putting a question to him about poor daubing i fancy he could give me better counsel than the farrier butler to gardener a prodigious man he knows everything now is the time to find out thy pickaxe i have nothing to give him does not he expect to have his hand crossed with silver coachman to sir george sir may a man venture to ask you a question ask it i have a poor horse in the stable that's bewitched a bay gelding coachman aside how could he know that bought at banbury woo so it was o'er my conscience whistles six-year-old last llamas coachman aside to a day now sir i would know whether the poor beast is bewitched by goody crouch or goody fly neither then it must be goody girton for she is the next oldest woman in the parish hast thou done robin coachman to gardener he can tell thee anything gardener to sir george sir i would beg to take you a little further out of hearing speak the butter and i mr doctor were both of us in love at the same time with a certain person a woman gardener aside how could he know that go on this woman has lately had two children at a birth twins prodigious where could he hear that proceed now because i used to meet her sometimes in the garden she has laid them both to thee what a power of learning he must have he knows everything hast thou done i would desire to know whether i am really the father of both stand before me let me survey thee round lays his wand upon his head and makes him turn about look yonder john the silly dog is turning about under the conjurer's wand if he has been saucy to him we shall see him puffed off in a whirlwind immediately twins dost thou say still turning him ay are they both mine you think own but one of them ah but mistress abigail will have me take care of them both she's always for the butler if my poor master sir george had been alive he would have made him go halves with me what was sir george a kind of master was he only my fellow-servants will bear me witness did ye love sir george everybody loved him there was not a dry eye in the parish at the news of his death he was the best neighbour 
the kindest husband the truest friend to the poor my good lady took on mightily we all thought it would have been the death of her sir george aside i protest these fellows melt me i think the time long till i am their master again that i may be kind to them enter vellum have you provided the doctor everything he has occasion for if so you may depart exeunt servants sir george aside i can as yet see no hurt in my wife's behaviour but still have some certain pangs and doubts that are natural to the heart of a fond man i must take the advantage of my disguise and be thoroughly satisfied it would neither be for her happiness nor mine to make myself known to her till i am so dear vellum i am impatient to hear some news of my wife how does she after her fright it is a saying somewhere in my lord coke that a widow i ask my wife that thou talkest to me of my lord coke prithee tell me how she does for i am in pain for her she is pretty well recovered mistress abigail has put her in a good heart and i have given her great hopes from your skill that i think cannot fail since you hast got this secret out of abigail but i could not have thought my friend fantome would have served me thus you will still fancy you are a living man that he should endeavour to ensnare my wife you have no right in her after your demise death extinguishes all property quoid hunk it is a maxim in the law ah pox on your learning well but what has become of tinsel he rushed out of the house called for his horse clapped spurs to his sides and was out of sight in less time than i can tell ten this is whimsical enough my wife will have quick succession of lovers in one day fantome has driven out tinsel and i shall drive out fantome even as one wedge driveth out another <laughs> you must pardon me for being jocular was there ever such a provoking blockhead but he means well well i must have satisfaction of this traitor fantome and cannot take a more proper one than by turning him out of my house in a manner that shall show shame upon him and make him ridiculous as long as he lives you must remember vellum you have abundance of business upon your hands and i have just time to tell you over all i require of you is dispatch therefore hear me there is nothing more requisite in business than dispatch uh, then hear me it is indeed the life of business hear me then i say and as one has rightly observed the benefit that attends it is fourfold first there is no bearing this thou art going to describe dispatch when thou shouldst be practising it but your honour will not give me the hearing sir george angrily thou wilt not give me the hearing i am still in the first place you are to lay my wig hat and sword ready for me in the closet and one of my scarlet coats you know how abigail has described the ghost to you it shall be done then you must remember whilst i am laying this ghost you are to prepare my wife for the reception of her real husband tell her the whole story 
and do it with all the art you are master of that the surprise may not be too great for her it shall be done but since her honor has seen this apparition she desires to see you once more before you encounter it i shall expect her impatiently for now i can talk to her without being interrupted by that impertinent rogue tinsel i hope thou hast not told abigail anything of the secret mistress abigail is a woman there are many reasons why she should not be acquainted with it i shall only mention six hush here she comes oh my heart enter lady truman and abigail sir george aside while vellum talks in dumb show to lady truman oh that loved woman how i long to take her in my arms if i find i am still dear to her memory it will be a return to life indeed ah but i must take care of indulging this tenderness and put on a behaviour more suitable to my present character walks at a distance in a pensive posture waving his wand lady truman to vellum this is surprising indeed so all the servants tell me they say he knows everything that has happened in the family abigail aside a parcel of credulous fools they first tell him their secrets and then wonder how he comes to know them exit vellum exchanging fond looks with abigail learned sir may i have some conversation with you before you begin your ceremonies speak but hold first let me feel your pulse what can you learn from that i have already learned a secret from it that will astonish you pray what is it you will have a husband within this half hour abigail aside i'm glad to hear that he must mean mr fantome i begin to think there's a good deal of truth in his art alas i fear you mean i shall see sir george's apparition a second time have courage you shall see the apparition no more the husband i mentioned shall be as much alive as i am mr fantome to be sure impossible i loved my first too well you could not love the first better than you will love the second i'll be hanged if my dear steward has not instructed him he means mr fantome to be sure ah the thousand pound is our own alas you did not know sir george as well as i do myself i saw him with you in the red damask room when he first made love to you your mother left you together under the pretense of receiving a visit from mrs hawthorne on her return from london this is astonishing you were a great admirer of single life for the first half hour your refusals then grew fainter and fainter with what ecstasy did sir george kiss your hand when you told him you should always follow the advice of your mamma every circumstance to a tittle then lady the wedding night i saw you in your white satin nightgown you would not come out of your dressing-room till sir george took you out by force he drew you gently by the hand you struggled but he was too strong for you you blushed he oh stop there go no further he knows everything truly mr conjurer i believe you have been a wag in your youth mistress abigail you know what your good word cost sir george 
a purse of broad pieces mistress abigail the devil's in him pray sir since you have told so far you should tell my lady that i refused to take them tis true child he was forced to thrust them into your bosom this rogue will mention the thousand pound if i don't take care pray sir though you are a conjurer methinks you need not be a blab sir since i have now no reason to doubt of your art i must beseech you to treat this apparition gently it has the resemblance of my deceased husband if there be any undiscovered secret anything that troubles his rest learn it of him i must to that end be sincerely informed by you whether your heart be engaged to another have not you received the address of many lovers since his death i have been obliged to receive more visits than have been agreeable was not tinsel welcome aside i am afraid to hear an answer to my own question he was well recommended sir george aside racks of a good family tortures heir to a considerable estate ah death <laughs> and you still love him i am distracted no i despise him i found he had a design upon my fortune was base profligate cowardly and everything that could be expected from a man of the vilest principles i am recovered oh madam had you seen how like a scoundrel he looked when he left your ladyship in a swoon where have you left my lady says i in an elbow chair child says he and where are you going says i to town child says he for to tell thee truly child says he i don't care for living under the same roof with the devil says he well lady i see nothing in all this that may hinder sir george's spirit from being at rest if he knows anything of what passes in my heart he cannot but be satisfied of that fondness which i bear to his memory my sorrow for him is always fresh when i think of him he was the kindest truest tenderest tears will not let me go on this quite o'erpowers me i shall discover myself before my time madam you may now retire and leave me to myself success attend you i wish mr phantom gets well off from this old don i know he'll be with him immediately exeunt lady truman and abigail sir george solus my heart is now at ease she is the same dear woman i left her now for my revenge upon phantome i shall cut the ceremonies short a few words will do his business now let me seat myself in form a good easy chair for a conjurer this now for a few mathematical scratches a good lucky scrawl that faith i think it looks very astrological these two or three magical pot-hooks about it make a complete conjurer's scheme <laughs> sir are you there enter drummer now must i pour upon my paper enter phantom beating his drum Prithee, don't make a noise. I'm busy. A pretty march, prithee. Beat that over again. 
he beats and advances. Sir George, rising. Ha, ha, you are very perfect in the step of a ghost. You stock it majestically. Phantom advances. How oh, the rogue stares. He acts it to admiration. I'll be hanged if he has not been practicing this half hour in Mistress Abigail's wardrobe. Phantom starts, gives a rap upon his drum. Oh, prithee, don't play the fool. Nay, nay, enough of this good Mr. Fantome. Phantom aside. Death, I'm discovered. This jade Abigail has betrayed me. Mr. Fantome, upon the word of an astrologer, your thousand-pound bribe will never gain my Lady Truman. Tis plain she has told him all. Let me advise you to make off as fast as you can or i plainly perceive by my art mr ghost will have his bones broke phantom to sir george look here old gentleman i perceive you have learnt this secret from mistress abigail i have learnt it from my art thy art prithee no more of that look here i know you are a cheat as much as i am and if thou'lt keep my counsel i'll give thee ten broad pieces i am not mercenary young man i scorn thy gold i'll make them up twenty avant and that quickly or i'll raise such an apparition as shall an apparition old gentleman you mistake your man i am not to be frightened with bugbears let me retire but for a few moments and i will give thee such a proof of my art why if thou hast any hocus-pocus tricks to play why canst not do them here the raising of a spirit requires certain secret mysteries to be performed and word to be muttered in private well if i see through your trick will you promise to be my friend i will attend and tremble exit phantom solace a very solemn old ass but i smoke him he has a mind to raise his price upon me i could not think this slut would have used me thus i begin to grow horribly tired of my drum i wish i was well rid of it however i have got this by it that it has driven off tinsel for good and all i shan't have the mortification to see my mistress carried off by such a rival well whatever happens i must stop this old fellow's mouth i must not be sparing in hush money but here he comes enter sir george in his own habit ha what's that sir george truman this can be no counterfeit his dress his shape his face the very wound of which he died nay then tis time to decamp runs off <laughs> fare you well good sir george the enemy has left me master of the field here are the marks of my victory this drum will hang up in my great hall as the trophy of the day enter abigail 
Sir George stands with his hand before his face in a musing posture. Yonder he is. Oh, my conscience, he has driven off the conjurer. Mr. Fantôme, Mr. Fantôme, I give you joy, I give you joy. What do you think of your thousand pounds now? Why does not the man speak? Pulls him by the sleeve. Sir George, taking his hand from his face. Ha! Oh! "'Tis my master!' shrieks. Running away, he catches her. "'Good Mistress Abigail, not so fast.' "'Are you alive, sir? "'He has given my shoulder such a cursed tweak. "'They must be real fingers. "'I feel them, I'm sure.' "'What does think?' "'Think, sir? "'Think? "'Troth, I don't know what you think. "'Pray, sir, how—' "'No questions, good Abigail.' thy curiosity shall be satisfied in due time where's your lady oh i'm so frightened and so glad where's your lady i ask you mary i don't know where i am myself i can't forbear weeping for joy your lady i say your lady i must bring you to yourself with one pinch more oh she has been talking a good while with the steward then he has opened the whole story to her I'm glad he has prepared her. Oh, here she comes. Enter Lady Truman, followed by Vellum. Where is he? Let me fly into his arms. My life, my soul, my husband. Oh, let me catch thee to my heart, dearest of women. Are you then still alive? And are you here? I can scarce believe my senses. Now am I happy indeed. My heart is too full to answer thee. How could you be so cruel to defer giving me that joy which you knew I must receive from your presence? You have robbed my life of some hours of happiness that ought to have been in it. It was to make our happiness the more sincere and unmixed. There will now be no doubts to dash it. What has been the affliction of our lives has given a variety to them, and will hereafter supply us with a thousand materials to talk of. I am now satisfied that it is not in the power of absence to lessen your love towards me. And I am satisfied that it is not in the power of death to destroy that love which makes me the happiest of men. Was ever woman so blessed to find again the darling of her soul when she thought him lost for ever? To enter into a kind of second marriage with the only man whom she was ever capable of loving? May it be as happy as our first. I desire no more. But believe me, my dear, I want words to express those transports of joy and tenderness which are every moment rising in my heart whilst I speak to thee. Enter servants. Just as the steward told us, lads. Look you there. If he bent with my lady already? He, he, he. What a joyful night will this be for madam. As I was coming in at the gate, a strange gentleman whisked by me. But he took to his heels and made away to the George. If I did not see Master before me, I should have sworn it had been his honour. Ask him orders for the bells to be set ringing? Never trouble thy head about that. Tis done. Sir George to Lady Truman. My dear, long as much to tell you my whole story as you do to hear it. In the meanwhile, I am to look upon this as my wedding day. I'll have nothing but the voice of mirth and feasting in my house, 
my poor neighbors and my servants shall rejoice with me my hall shall be free to everyone and let my cellars be thrown open ah bless your honour may you never die again the same good man that ever he was vellum thou hast done me much service to-day i know thou lovest abigail but she's disappointed in a fortune i'll make it up to both of you i'll give thee a thousand pound with her it is not fit there should be one sad heart in my house to-night what you do for abigail i know is meant as a compliment to me this is a new instance of your love <sighs> mr vellum you are a well-spoken man pray do you thank my master and my lady vellum i hope you are not displeased with the gift i make you the gift is twofold i receive from you a virtuous partner and a portion too for which in humble wise i thank the donors and so we bid good night to both your honours end of act five epilogue to-night the poet's advocate i stand and he deserves the favour at my hand who in my equipage their cause debating has placed two lovers and a third in waiting if both the first should from their duty swerve there's one behind the wainscot in reserve in his next play if i would take this trouble he promised me to make the number double in troth twas spoke like an obliging creature for though tis simple yet it shows good nature my help thus asked i could not choose but granted and really i thought the play would want it void as it is of all the usual arts to warm your fancies and to steal your hearts no court intrigue nor city cuckoldom no song no dance no music but a drum no smutty thought in doubtful phrase expressed and gentlemen if so pray where's the jest when we would raise your mirth you hardly know whether in strictness you should laugh or no but turn upon the ladies in the pit and if they redden you are sure tis wit protect him then ye fair ones for the fair of all conditions are his equal care he draws a widow who of blameless carriage true to her jointure hates a second marriage and to improve a virtuous wife's delights out of one man contrives two wedding nights nay to oblige the sex in every state a nymph of five and forty finds her mate too long has marriage in this tasteless age with ill-bred raillery supplied the stage no little scribbler is of wit so bare but has his fling at the poor wedded pair our author deals not in conceits so stale for should the examples of his play prevail no man need blush though true to marriage vows nor be a jest though he should love his spouse thus has he done you british consorts right whose husbands should they pry like mine to-night would never find you in your conduct slipping though they turned conjurers to take you tripping end of epilogue end of the drummer or the haunted house by joseph addison